from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We just got back here from a nice little trip going out to see my cousin, so I appreciate your patience and everything that that, uh, we have brought to the table over the years. So happy that you picked it up and that you've been a part of it. And thank you so much for tuning in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We greatly, greatly appreciate your time, value your time, and, and value who you are as a person. So thank you for being a part of the show. We believe that there's good people that listen to this show, that connect to this show. And I, I believe that, I know that, because I've met you, I've seen you, I've been around you, I've spent time with you. And the, the amount of wonderful people that I've been able to meet through doing what I love for a living has been tremendous. So I want to thank you all for your support, and I want to thank you all for your love, because it goes such a long way. With that being said, on today's show, we start off this week. Monday, June 11th is where we sit at right now, and we got a lot to talk about, so let's hop into the morning menu. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu for today, Monday, June 11th, 2018. We're going to get started in just a little bit with Bayheim's Army conversation with General Manager Kevin Belby. He'll be joining the show around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I'll be speaking on the Bayheim's Army team, where they're at right now, and their thoughts on the upcoming basketball tournament, the TBT. TBT, the basketball tournament. Bayheim's Army, filled with Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball alumni, are in the Northeast region, and they feature Eric Devendorf, John Gillen III, Paul Harris, Chris Joseph, Deshante Riley, who played for Syracuse, left and came back after playing at Eastern Michigan, James Sutherland and Brandon Trish, as well as Hakeem Warwick are all on the team. So, very excited, very happy to have Bayheim's Army back on the broadcast. You know that I've spoken about this with Eric Devendorf before as well as uh, Brandon Trish, but James Sutherland, Brandon Trish, Chris Joseph, John Gillen, Eric Devendorf, all been on the show before. We're looking forward to getting some of these guys back on the broadcast, having these guys back with us here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and just very honored and privileged to be able to spend some time with Bayheim's Army this morning. We're going to do that uh, once again at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to be joined for that hour with uh, by Dave Paziak. Dave Paziak, you know, who's been on the show with us uh, numerous times here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, especially around the NBA Finals time. 
and he's going to be joining me around 10 a.m. Eastern time for that hour. We're going to speak on the Celtics of the future, what the Celtics can be with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving healthy, LeBron James from here. What does he think about the future of LeBron James? Golden State's place in the NBA here and moving forward. The Raptors coaching conundrum and so much more. So we have a lot to discuss, a lot of things here, maybe some dark horses for the future to shake things up in the NBA. So Dave Paziak will be joining us around 10 a.m. Eastern time, and he's going to be hanging with us for a while. So make sure that you listen in because we're going to be talking about all different things from the, like I said, from the Celtics with a healthy Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving to LeBron James and his future to when players that are the stars of their team play with LeBron, just what happens after their career. We're going to get into that and so much more. So make sure you're tuning in to the broadcast all the way through this morning, as you always do. Plenty to come on today's show and plenty of basketball talk. I want to mention this here for a second because this is kind of insane. You know, you talk about things changing that we grew up on. Well, how about this? The International House of Pancakes is trying to promote its lunch and dinner business. So it's flipping its P into a B for the International House of Burgers. So they want to promote all their different burgers. They want to promote their lunch business. It's it's very strange. So what we have right now, our burgers are so good we changed our name. That's right. We're the International House of Burgers now. Our new ultimate steak burgers. Black Angus beef. So here we go. <laughs> the International House of Pancakes is now the International House of Burgers. I don't know how we feel about this, folks. I feel weird about it. I feel like the International House of Pancakes should be the International House of Pancakes because they sell pancakes. And they, you know, I mean, they're good. You go there for breakfast, you get some good stuff. My mom and I went to one down in Orlando this past trip, and I thought that the omelet was phenomenal. Now they're the International House of Burgers. I don't know if this is kind of like a short-term thing to try and ramp up some stuff. If their sales are floundering a little bit, I don't know what what the choice is. And obviously, anybody that's in their place, you know, I don't know what their situation is. And I'm not going to not support somebody that's trying to expand their business and promote their business and put their business out there. But it, it is very confusing, as Orange Avenger just wrote to us this morning. The international, you know, here's a crazy thing. You wake up today. You wake up in this moment, and it's Happy Monday, y'all, and and here we stand with the International House of Burgers, not the International House of Pancakes. It's upside down. It doesn't make sense. It's very confusing. So I do agree with that. The International House of, of Burgers now taking the place of IHOP, and <laughs> Orange Avenger said the world is ending. But, I mean... It, it, the thing is, it got you trending on Twitter. It got you put out on Twitter. So I guess that helps you out a little bit. I hob. There's a lot of people that are very confused and wondering if it's a real thing. But IHOP has officially changed its name to IHOB. It's flipped the P over. And it says, Dear Internet, we appreciate your patience. So they're changing all the P's. 
Now let's see who guessed it right. Behold, IHOP. <laughs> Orange Avenger said, I think it's, tra it's trending because it's crazy and ridiculous. But the International House of Pancakes is now the International House of Burgers. IHOP. Oh, boy. I don't get it. I really don't. Most people thought it was bacon. So for six pancake years, they've been IHOP. Now they're fl flipping their name. And they have been promoting the heck out of this over and over and over again. So the question is, do they still sell, do they still sell pancakes? And the answer to that, let me check on this for you here, folks. The thing that's crazy, though, is that there's no IHOP around. <clears throat> there's no IHOP in central New York. They're all gone. There was one. It moved to the mall, and that didn't work out. So they're, they're, we got nothing. Now, their website is pancakes, 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 but now it says our burgers. I'm trying to see if they have a... Okay, here's the menu. Let's look at the menu. All right. So, menu and order. There is still pancakes, waffles, and French toast on the menu. And a limited time offer, get... $5 off your first online order over $25. So they have the mushroom and Swiss burger. They have the cowboy barbecue, the big brunch, the jalapeno kick. But they also have these Mexican pancakes, Belgian dark chocolate pancakes. The pancakes are still on the menu, folks. Don't get it twisted and don't be worried. They're flipping their name to try and say that they're so much more than pancakes. But people know them for breakfast. Unfortunately, Syracuse fans can't know them for anything because they're not around anymore. But the International House, I have no idea what it is anymore, is, is here. So happy Monday. If you thought the world was crazy before, <laughs> welcome to the International House of Pancakes becoming the International House of Burgers. At least for now. It's a little bit strange. A little bit confusing. It's kind of like if Chick-fil-A said, we're going to start selling sausage, but here we are. This is what's going down this morning. So hopefully your weekend was wonderful. And as you confuse yourself today, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. But it's a, it's a confusing world we live in, folks. It is a confusing world that we live in, but that's okay because we're here and I'm happy to be here speaking with you. So I hope that you're doing well. And I hope that everything's going great. And I hope that you had a great weekend. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Anywho, <laughs> getting on to the sports world. Of course, everybody wants to talk about LeBron James. And what's Bron Bron going to do with his future? Where's he going to go? Who's he going to make better or worse. But I told you that I wanted to speak on some things here that, that had to do with LeBron James and his teammates. That where he goes, 
he could be leaving a, a wake of not so great times for those that he's on the team with. Now, to get to that and be fair with that, we got to look back on who he has. So let's go back to Cleveland 2014-2015, shall we? Let's go back to Cleveland during those times. So Cleveland had Kyrie Irving on the team. Kevin Love was there. Sean Marion. Kendrick Perkins. Iman Shumpert. Dion Waiters. Now, Dion has since moved forward, left the team, and gets to take more shots in Miami now and do more things. But we look at Kyrie Irving and how with LeBron, you have to take a bad a back seat eventually. And so his career went from being the guy, being the person that you got to pay attention to, being the 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 player on the Cleveland Cavaliers that's going to bring the heat to you, being the guy that's going to be the pain in your butt every game, to being the guy that had to take on a different role. Not be as big. Pass the ball. We look at Chris Bosch. Right? We look at we go back to the Miami days. And I know Chris has had some health stuff, but Chris Bosch was the man in Toronto. And his career got quieter and quieter after that. Dwayne Wade, career got quieter and quieter after that. Richard Lewis, career got quieter and quieter after that. Udonis Haslam, for the most part, career got quieter and quieter after that. Shane Battier, what the hell happened? Kyrie Irving, a tradable piece that you would think would be untradable for Cleveland because that was his team before it was LeBron's. So we start off this conversation of LeBron can help your team become better, but who's heard of Mike Miller since, since LeBron played with him? Who's heard of James Jones since LeBron played with him? Who's heard of Norris Cole since LeBron's played with him? Joel Anthony since LeBron's played with him? Chris Anderson since LeBron's played with him? So LeBron goes to a team, and the argument that we can potentially have is that LeBron makes your team better by sucking the life out of his teammates. Because... Kyrie Irving is not as desirable as he used to be. Dwayne Wade is not as... And I understand these guys are getting older. I understand that. But Dwayne Wade went from being a starter and the guy who you want the ball to be in the hands of at the end of the game to a guy that looked like he had never played basketball before when he went to Cleveland. So the question that I ask you, and I'll ask Dave later on the show, is... LeBron can make the team better in the sense of getting you to the playoffs and further in the playoffs, but does LeBron make his teammates better, or does he suck the life out of the team that he's on? And I ask you that question because if LeBron goes to Philadelphia, what does that say for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Does he affect their career? Because he has to be the guy, always, these the guys start to fall off, and these role players start to disappear. And the thing is, how desirable is a role player on the Cleveland Cavaliers? 
when you see that LeBron carried this team, how much money is Rodney Hood going to make? Larry Nance Jr. going to make? Tristan Thompson going to make? Jordan Clarkson going to make? J.R. Smith going to make? Jose Calderon going to make? George Hill going to make? Jeff Green going to make? Kyle Korver going to make? London Parentes going to... These guys are not making that money. They're not making that bank. And they're not going to. Because we can argue that he hinders... Speaking on LeBron James, we can argue that LeBron hinders the careers of the superstars on his team, that he makes them less desirable, and that in his wake, those ships don't run as well as they did before. But we can also argue that the role players that are on LeBron's team, once LeBron leaves, are just kind of the usual suspects, and they're like interchangeable. So LeBron may help you move your team forward. LeBron may help you get into the playoffs and further in the playoffs. But does does LeBron ultimately, ultimately make you a better player? And does he make your team better as a whole? Or is he just there doing great things, having a lot of fun, being a great player, and then going off somewhere else and doing it somewhere else. That's the question that I have for you. Is LeBron is a phenomenal basketball player, but does he help the stars? Does he help the role players more than just giving points to the team? Does he help them become better? Does he raise them up or does he bury them? That's a question. And I'm going to put it on Twitter. That's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to put this question on Twitter because I want people to take a a good hard look at it and let me know what you think this morning. If you believe that LeBron makes teams better or if you think LeBron hinders the players, the superstars, role players, and leaves them worse off than they were without him. That's a question that you have to look at. By the way, I put a poll up this week. And over the weekend, I said, who's the GOAT greatest of all time in the NBA? Your choices were Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or somebody else. And you chose more than half of you, 57%, said Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. 36% LeBron James, 7% said that it that notion should belong to somebody else. of you, LeBron James. Or, pardon me, 57% of you, Michael Jordan. So the majority of you still believing that MJ is the guy. And I agree with you. Because I think that Michael Jordan made his team better. Ten years from now, are you going to remember Rodney Hood and Larry Nance? And Kyle Korver. But Chicago Bulls, I can name them. Tony Kukoc, Luke Longley, Steve Kerr, Ron Harper, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. I'm not sitting here looking at anything other than a screen of LeBron James' statistics. So we have to ask ourselves that question. Who's the greatest of all time? 
And can you really say LeBron James is the greatest of all time? If you can't name any of the people that they throw together to get around him. But you can name Jordan and his crew. You can name Sean Kemp, Gary Payton and his crew. You can name Larry Bird and his crew. You can name Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and their crew. But LeBron James, it's different. It's him and the former stars taking a back seat. Dwayne Wade had to take a back seat. Kyrie Irving had to take a back seat. Chris Bosh had to take a back seat. You want to win a championship? Take a back seat. How about this? Kevin Durant goes to Steph Curry's team, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, everybody already there, and Kevin Durant got in the front seat and he drove the car. Orange Avenger said, don't forget the mailman and Johnny Boy, John Stockton and Carl Malone. And I agree. You can name that team right, too. Jeff Hornacek, Greg Ostertag, Byron Russell. Hello. So, you talk about you go on to a team and it's all about you. Kevin Durant went on to a team that won without him. They went, he went on to a team that was successful before him. And he got in the driver's seat. And they're still good. So we're going to have that LeBron James conundrum discussed in the second hour. But we're going to take a fast break and get Kevin Belby on the show right now. General Manager of Bayheim's Army and the TBT. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City. Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so. I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop. And on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you this morning and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I feel very privileged and honored to have this gentleman back on the show, and that is General Manager of Bayheim's Army, Kevin Belby. Hard to believe that we've been talking for a few years now, but it just goes to show how time flies when a team is truly having fun in the summer and bringing that March Madness feel to us while we're yearning for some basketball and to all the Syracuse fans out there that have seen some great games. So with that being said, Kevin's here on the broadcast live on the line this morning. Kevin, how are you doing today? DT, good morning. I'm doing very well. I appreciate you having me on the program. And yeah, you're right. Uh, it's it's crazy that this is going to be our fourth year in the basketball tournament. And you know, I, I'm a I'm a hoops guy through and through. And I just it's such a good idea, it's such a good concept. The summer months can get pretty quiet uh, if you're a basketball fan. Besides baseball, there's not much going on in a non-Olympics year. So I think it's a brilliant idea getting some really high-quality basketball players together and just throwing $2 million in the middle and see who wants it the most. And when we look at the tournament, the TBT, just just what you can say, I kind of want to start here in the sense of, did you ever think that it would be here and, and get this big? I mean, they have a bracket challenge now that you can enter to play in like March Madness does. You know, just when, when this idea came about to have a summer tournament and to bring these players back into the fray and to put some of these teams back together and get alumni together even that have never played together before, did you see it becoming what it is today or have you kind of just taken a step back and and just really, you know, sh- you know, shake your head a little bit and say, wow, I, I thought this could be something, but I, I can't believe how amazing this has become at this point. No, you know, at first I didn't, even, I did not think, uh, that it was even legitimate. Uh, somebody had approached me, told me about the tournament, somebody that was connected to it the first year in 2014. And I was like, man, this is just, this is probably a scam. It just sounds like one of those things that's too good to be true. I mean, it's, it's actually the opposite of a scam. It's, you know, they give out 2 million bucks and they literally hand out the checks the day of the championship game. So, you know, we, we win the championship. They, they give the, the checks out after the game. So there's there's no funny business at all. I mean, these guys are really serious with what they do. They've established a really serious product. And, you know, one of the co-founders, Dan Friel, the other day was saying to all the general managers, he said, look, this is uh, this is only, this is the fifth year, we, fifth year of the tournament. We're hoping it grows and grows and grows. Uh, it's, hopefully it's something that, you know, we'll be standing long after we're all gone. Um, so it's interesting to think about it like that. You know, if you think about the fifth year of the NBA, you know, decades ago and what that looked like, I think TBT is really ahead of the curve um, compared to some of these other up and coming sports organizations, whether it's the big three or the flag football leagues that have popped up. You know, I think that they've carved out a really good niche and slowly but surely every year they're attracting more fans, better players, more media exposure. So it's something that I love to be a part of, and I'm honored to be a part of it. And I just think it's uh, a really cool concept. It's one of those things that you just say, why didn't I think of that? So <laughs> and I think that's when you know you've got a good idea on your hands. And when we see this, I mean, it's not just like – March Madness in the sense of the tournament, you know, and, and having a one seed all the way to a 16 seed. But we're looking at a world where, you know, th- this is this is one through 16 in each bracket, the South, the West, the Midwest, and the Northeast. But on top of that, there's playing games now. So there's actually more teams in the TBT that are in the NCAA 
tournament for Division One men's basketball. We have 72 teams here. I mean, for to hear that, to say about this growth, like you said, you thought it was a scam at first and too good to be true, and then you see what it's become. 72 teams. It is now bigger than the biggest tournament that we watch. I mean, that to me is saying something pretty special. What do you think about the fact of the play-in games and, and knowing that as much as, as this NCAA Division One men's basketball tournament's grown to 68, they've now been passed by the TBT? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's some TBT continues to innovate, and every year they want to stay fresh, come up with new ideas. Um, and, you know, one thing they say that's really true is that there's, there's two competitions in TBT. There's obviously the competition on the court, but... It's also a competition to be accepted into TBT. You know, they, they turn down a couple hundred teams every year that apply. Um, so, you know, it, it's a process just to get involved and accepted. You know, for us this year, it was a little easier because making it to the Final Four, winning our region last year, we received an automatic bid. But normally, you know, we're, we're just like every other team. We've got to be hustling for fan votes and, um, you know, trying to stand out on social media in any way that we can. So it's uh, it's not just something you can just sign up with your buddies for fun and, and play. It's become a really serious endeavor, and I think that that adds to the credibility of TBT going forward. And when you look at, like you said, you had mentioned some other tournaments like the Big Three and whatnot, when you see yep. kind of how everything's put together for the TBT you know, just to where you're playing, what arenas you're in and whatnot, just what you could say about the level of professionalism and how you've seen this grow in the sense of where you're playing, how they're handling it, making sure that there's publicity for it, the broadcast aspect of it, just just what the TBT does to stand out there as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't even uh, know. I don't know if they'd want me saying this, but TBT, they've only got about five full-time staff members and they put on something that's you know a, a really professional high level event every summer uh it's really incredible what they do you know if, if you've been to a game in person like a lot of Syracuse fans have you just you you walk it, it's it's not an AAU game it doesn't feel like a summer league game it doesn't feel like a high school game I mean it feels like almost an NCAA tournament game um, so the level of professionalism, the level of care, it's just, I think, unmatched um, and un, unparalleled. So I can't say enough about what, what the, the guys and girls do over at TBT. They've created something really special that, I, you know, to my point earlier, I think will live on for many years to come. That coming from Kevin Belby, the general manager of Bayheim's Army. Now, Bayheim's Army, now you got to get the votes to to get yourself in this thing, and and obviously Bayheim's Army has not struggled to do that. You are the number one seed in the Northeast, so you look at the votes that you were able to obtain and what you were able to do every single year. Fans come out. I know it, and you know it that you could go to any nook and cranny. You could go to Trinidad and Tobago today and find a Syracuse fan somewhere. So just what you could say about how Syracuse fans show up, they're always supportive, and that when Bayheim's Army says, hey, can you throw us a vote here? Can you throw us a vote there? They don't just throw you a few votes. They get you to the number one seed. They take it personally. They take it seriously, and they want to see you garner the Whatever the top vote has to be or whatever the top votes are, they want to see you surpass that and be the team that does it. So just what you could say about not only getting the votes that you need, but being a team that 
Syracuse fans want to see number one or, or not at all, so to speak. They they want that top spot. Yeah, I mean, quick story. I remember back when I was in high school, uh, I already knew that I wanted to go to Syracuse, and I had been to a couple games at the Carrier Dome, so I knew what that was like, but I had never been to an away game. And I'm from New Jersey. My mom got my family a few tickets to go see Syracuse at Rutgers. Uh, it was actually the game when Johnny Flynn dunked on Mike Rosario. And the day of the game, my mom looked at the tickets and said, oh, my gosh, these, these are all in the student section. So I guess, you know, it was winter break and the students were away. Um, somehow we bought tickets in the student section and she was like, I don't know if we should wear orange. You know, I don't want us getting heckled. Well, I'm not wearing orange and the entire Rucker student section was orange. I mean, 75% of the arena of the rap was orange. And uh, that was really my introduction to, you know, just how, how much Syracuse fans travel, how passionate they are. And, you know, that's... 100% carry over into TBT. Uh, if you look at any of the, the promo materials that the tournament puts out for, you know, when, whenever they, they use shots of fans or shots of the crowd, they're all from our games because those are the games that are the most packed. Those are the games that are the loudest. And no matter whether, no matter whether it's been in Philly or, or Brooklyn or Baltimore, we've always had incredible fan support. I'm excited and a little curious this year. We're going to be hopefully, you know, once, if we make, if and when we make it through the uh, the opening rounds of Brooklyn, we'll go to Atlanta for the first time. So uh, I, I'm, that's a new city on TBT's radar. That's for the Super 16 and the Elite Eight. So hopefully we'll get uh, some some new fans down there. Um, not worried at all. And then you know back to, to Baltimore for the Final Four and championship. You know we were there last year for the Final Four, and, and it was awesome. Every summer we try to we try to make this as. Uh, as accessible to fans as possible. I mean, we do meet and greets after the game. Everybody stays around, does photo photo ops and autographs. Um, you know, we, we've done meet and greets at, uh, you know, last year we did one at the Dinosaur Barbecue in Brooklyn. We did one at the Dinosaur Barbecue in Baltimore, just getting out to the Syracuse community and, and re-engaging, um, you know, with, with the fans. And, you know, these our players love it. You know, they... they they get used to playing on ESPN every night in front of 30,000 people in the Dome, and it can be a little different if you're in the G League or overseas. So um, our guys love being a part of this, love having the, uh, the Syracuse fan support, that's for sure. And having that support as you move forward, like you said, you're going to be in Brooklyn, and then you have the opportunity to go to Atlanta. Well, I know firsthand that down in Atlanta, Georgia, those Syracuse fans showed up proud for the Final Four when they were going up against Louisville as, as well as as Michigan and Wichita State all converging on Atlanta. So I know that, that fans travel well. And the other thing for fans to know is it is a direct flight from Syracuse to Atlanta. So you don't even have to connect anywhere to make this thing happen, which would be huge as Bayheim's Army looks to push forward. Kevin, before I let you go, I wanted to get to the roster and just uh, for you to share some of those new faces that are on the team this year and, and just what it took to bring them back. Yeah, I mean uh... – Last year, we, we obviously had a su- pretty successful run making it to the Final Four for the first time. So I, I wanted to keep the core of the team together. Didn't want to necessarily uh, reinvent the wheel and blow it up. But at the same time, wanted to bring in some, some new energy, some, some fresh uh, faces. So we have two guys completely new to, to Bayheim's Army, and that would be Chris Joseph and Paul Harris. And they're two obviously very versatile wing players, uh, which – is necessary in today's game of basketball, and they're, they're guys that 
that both had uh, accomplished Syracuse careers and they both have followed our team the last few years. So they're very familiar with the tournament format and excited to play. And then the, the third quote-unquote new guy, uh, he's not necessarily new because he played for us the first two years, but not last year. It would be Hakeem Work. Last year he chose to play in the big three, but um, I think missed playing with us. So he's going to be back with us. And despite being 35, he's still in awesome shape. He played in three different overseas leagues this year. And, um, you know, he's he just loves uh, loves the game of basketball and loves being a part of uh, Syracuse. So those are our three newer pieces that's going to be a part of our Final Four core from last year. And hopefully those guys can help push us over the, uh, over the hump. And when you look at, like you said, some of those new faces coming onto the team, just uh, to to speak first and foremost on Paul Harris, it's been a little while since some fans have been able to see him. I had the uh, the opportunity back in 2009 to see him in summer league for the NBA and get in touch with him a little bit, but fans have not seen him down that orange in a very long time. What are you excited about for Paul Harris? I know you just described it a little bit, but just what it's like to, to have him in the fray and be a part of this team as somebody who obviously brought some fire when he was out there and, and had some fun as a Syracuse player. What do you think about having him back? Yeah, it's funny. You know, I think his Instagram name is something like uh, Do It All Paul 11. And that's really, uh, I think, the way you can describe his game. He can do it all on the court. He can guard any position, play any position. So he's just so versatile. He's not afraid to uh, to get into guys on defense and just play hard. Um, so I think that he'll be a, a very versatile contributor for us and he's still in good shape, still got good legs and he's playing at a high level in a, in a high league overseas. And, you know, I think it's good to have some fresh faces be a part of this. I think he'll be really rejuvenated and want to play hard because he knows he's coming into a, to a final four roster. Um, so he's got a lot to live up to. And as far as Chris Joseph, I got to spend some time with him uh, in Orlando last year for the NBA Summer League. What are you excited about with with Chris? I mean, this is this is a guy who it's you always wonder where the fans are at with some guys of the past and what they think. And I'm sure some of these guys are, you know, do they remember me? What do they think about my time there? There's been this outpouring of support and love for Chris Joseph, what I'm ha- which I'm happy to see because everything he did while he was at Syracuse and all the work that he's put in since then. What can you say about having Chris here on this team and, and just what it means to you to have him back knowing that he's a guy that put up a fight when he was at Syracuse the whole time he was here? Absolutely. You know, he was a guy that maybe could have left a little early but wound up being a four-year player and you know, part of some some really great Syracuse rosters, and you know he's just he, he's a dynamic scorer. He's somebody who can just light it up uh, at any moment's notice, and it's important to have guys like that in the tournament. Guys that you know, every game seems to be really close <laughs> and very competitive. So it's important to have guys that you can feel comfortable to giving the ball to uh, when there's two minutes on the clock and you need a basket. And, you know, I think Chris Joseph was always one of those guys at Syracuse. I, I can remember there was a big game his senior year against Georgetown and he hit a, a big clutch three uh, to either send it into overtime or to, or to seal the game in overtime. Um, so he, he's somebody that I think will probably be one of our top scorers. We're definitely going to rely on him uh, pretty heavily. So, you know, I'm excited to see how he performs. 
And in a true Bayheim way, speaking here with Kevin Belby, general manager of Bayheim's Army, it's not a it's not a huge roster. It's eight guys. That's that's the seven eight is the is the Bayheim feel to it. Just what you could say about the you know when when you put this together, like you said, you wanted to keep the core together, bring in a a couple new faces, bring somebody back. But when you look at these eight, what are some words that kind of pop up to you about why they filled out this roster the right way for you? Yeah, and. and- um, it, it's possible that we can add another guy before the tournament starts, but if the tournament did start today, I'd feel very comfortable and confident with the eight guys that we have. I think if you look down the list, everybody brings something different to the table, number one. Um, and number two, everybody is uh, is excited to be a part of this. To win in the tournament, you know, we've seen a team like Overseas Elite win three years in a row. They knocked us out last year. They don't care who gets the credit as long as they win the money. So, um, you know, for example, a guy like Dewan Blair, so highly regarded in college, um, was played a little bit in the NBA. He, he played on their team last year, and against us, I think he only played 13 minutes. You know, but I don't think he was too upset because at the end of the at the end of the summer, he was cashing a nice paycheck. So, we want guys who are selfless, who want to be a part of it, who believe in the tournament. Um, who are willing to put the team first, play hard, and uh, are, are versatile. So that's kind of the uh, the approach coming in and trying to find the right guys. And I, th- I think we we hopefully have found them. And for your games coming up, like you said, you'll be in Brooklyn, the number one seed of the Northeast. You'll be playing the winner of the South Jamaica Kings and the Philadelphia Stars. And that game will kick off July 21st on a Saturday at 6.50 p.m. Eastern time and 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 kind of just moving forward into this uh, Kevin just what you could say about behind the scenes because people see the announcement of the team they they see you know uh, obviously the logo of the team has become known and the jerseys have become known so we know all of that but in the background when you're working to put this thing together to give you some credit for what's going on with this team just what you could say your day-to-day is and what some of these some of these battles off the court have been for you and in, in putting this together and truly trying to make something special for the fans. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually gotten, you know, to be honest, it's gotten a little easier every year because the first year, again, I had to convince guys that this was, this was real, that this was actually, uh, you know, an opportunity at a million, two million bucks. Um, now, you know, you look at a guy like Chris Joseph who hasn't played with us, but he's watched us every summer and has watched, the big comebacks and the exciting games. And, you know, I think deep down he says, that's something I want to be a part of. You know, he texted me a year ago after he lost and said, save me number 32 for next summer. So (laughs) I said, no problem. Um, So in in that respect, it's gotten easier. But I, um, you know, I I just try to stay in touch with these guys all year long, you know, keep keep a a personal connection with them. So it's not just like I'm – I'm calling them when I need them to play, <laughs> but you know I've got a, a great, uh, great team that helps me out. You know Ryan Blackwell and Eric Evendorf uh, have been very instrumental in, in, in helping recruit all the guys, and uh, you know can't say enough about Eric. He's he's the only guy that's played on our team all four years now, so he's remained kind of the connective tissue between each roster. And then you know I've got some other guys that help me out on social media and marketing, guys like AJ Owen and. Mark Lomaski so um it's it's been a it's really this is a pleasure to be a part of no complaints at all it's it's so much fun and I'm really looking forward to this summer 
And, and in closing here, Ryan Blackwell, who's somebody who's no stranger to the show, and I always appreciate the time I get to spend, spend with him. Very down-to-earth guy who always likes to give credit elsewhere and give respect to other people when you ask him about himself. What can you say about him as a leader and just what he means to this team, knowing that you know he's back in the Central New York community and he's done so much with Liverpool's high school team, and, and here he is back again with you? Well, look, I think the results speak for themselves. You know, took us to the Final Four last year, had an undefeated team with Liverpool this year, and I don't think anybody was predicting that, especially when he took the job a couple years ago. So clearly he knows the game. He knows how to connect and relate to players. He played it at a high level. He coached it up at a high level. You know, he played pro in Japan and then coached pro in Japan. So um, he's, in my mind, he's certainly a rising star in the coaching industry. And um, I'm, I'm like, you know, uh, eventually he's not going to coach for us anymore because he's going to have bigger and better things going on, uh, whether it's a college job or, or whatever it is. So I'm excited to watch his career unfold over the next 5, 10, you know, 20 plus years. He's going to be a good one. That coming from GM of Bayheim's Army, Kevin Belby. You could check them out on the TBT we- website by looking up Bayheim's Army. You can just type in Bayheim's Army to really – any type of search engine is going to bring you there. You can also follow them on Twitter as well, which if you haven't done that already, I suggest you do, at Bayheim's Army. And you can find them on Instagram as well as Facebook too in support of this team. And, you know, we, we know it's about a, a month and a half away, but I know fans are already very excited about what's to come here. And as you say on your site on Twitter that it says it's a family, it's a culture, it's much more than a program. And with that being said, Kevin, thank you for your time. And thank you for all the hard work that you're doing in the background here to put this together. And thank you for giving Syracuse fans something to do because they get a little bit squirrely and a little bit crazy around the summertime and they call me up, Dan, give me something. So I'm, I'm very happy that they have this world to uh, to be in and, and it's thanks to people like you to make that happen. So I, we appreciate it. Absolutely. I think it's our job to kind of hold it down in between uh, Taste of Syracuse, which already <laughs> happened, and the New York State Fair. We're kind of that in between uh, for Syracuse fans <laughs> before football and basketball start up. So no, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and you know we couldn't do it without all the fans. So I, I hope... Uh, if you haven't been to a game, Dan, I know I know you're planning on trying to make it this summer. Definitely recommend everybody coming out. We play in Brooklyn. July 21st is our first game. It's a Saturday, so uh, hope to see you there. Absolutely, Kevin. And as always, it's a good time to talk with you. I look forward to talking with you soon. Have a good one. Go Orange. Take care. Uh, coming from Kevin Belby one more time, and yeah, now that we have, uh, now that I have a little change in schedules and stuff because things have gotten. Crazy in a good way for wake up call with Dan Tortora. I can't, I can't sit here and complain about my schedule. I'm very blessed to be busy in the best of ways. And with that being said, you know the schedule does get to open up a little bit more nowadays. And so hopefully I can find myself down in the BK for that first game with Bayheim's Army and see the run that they can make as they move forward. But the support is always there. I mean. These guys, you look at, I mean, just the guys, John Gillen third and Dante Green and Eric Devendorf and Brandon Trish and Bai Musicata and, and Ryan Blackwell and Trevor Cooney have all been a part of the show here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And you look at the roster now, and I think I had said this before, Eric Devendorf is, is, is very, I mean, this is a guy, this is, it, it's, 
It's a it's a voice that you've heard numerous times for a lot of different things, for the Flint water crisis to Syracuse's season to his own career to Bayheim's army. John Gill in the third, no stranger to the show. Uh, Chris Joseph, you heard from him when he was with the Charlotte Hornets this past summer. To <clears throat> James Sutherland, who I got to spend a lot of time with. To Brandon Trish. So you know, I really appreciate these guys tremendously and. I'm excited to see what they're going to do moving forward here. It's great to have Paul Harris back. It's great to see Deshante Riley again and Hakeem Warwick. I mean, this is this is one of the guys that had this tremendous longevity in the NBA that doesn't get talked about enough as a former Syracuse player and always a member of the Syracuse family. So going to be a good team here. As Kevin said, they could be adding maybe somebody else. There could possibly potentially be another face here. But Ryan Blackwell, the head coach of the team again, with Eric Devendorf, John Gillen the third, both on the team in the backcourt. Then Paul Harris at small forward, Chris Joseph the same. Deshante Riley at seven foot, obviously playing point guard. I'm kidding. Center, small forward, James Sutherland, Brandon Trish shooting guard. You always have to say you're kidding because someone will be like, Dan Thad, that Deshante was playing point guard. Hakeem Warwick at power forward. Very excited to see what this team can do this year. And once again, the brackets. There are 72 teams in in the TBT. And guess what, folks? I'm going to do this TBT bracket challenge, and I'm going to send it out to you. Okay? I'm going to send it out to you because we're going to make this happen. Okay? We're going to do the TBT bracket challenge. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And I'm so happy that the TBT is around. And I'm so happy that Bayheim's Army is a part of it once again, these Syracuse Orange Men's basketball alumni, because these are guys that I've gotten to know over the years. And, you know, once, once you're a part of the Syracuse family, you're always a part of it. And I think that you fans out there do a tremendous job at proving that and showing that to people that once you are a fan, you're always a fan. Once you're a member of the team, you're always a member of the team. So true fans never die. And the promotion and the connection of those fans to the players that Don Orange, that never dies as well. So thank you for your support. I'm sure Kevin would echo those sentiments as well. And with that being said, we're going to take a fast break. We're keeping with basketball. Dave Paziak is going to join me on the other side of this fast break. So listen to these great companies and this phenomenal message about the CNY Pop Festival. Kevin Belby said, let's get you from Taste of Syracuse to the fair. Well, I'll do you one better. Before the fair is the CNY Pop Festival, and it's featuring a ton of former Syracuse basketball players in the decades of Bayheim. They will be signing autographs, taking pictures with you if you buy your tickets at CNY Pop Festival. Dot com. So check that out. Get your tickets during the fast break. And I'll see you on the other side of Dave Paziak. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on CNYPopFestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City. Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. 
That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice when buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together at the F-Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F-Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Always proud to have you here on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and it's always a blessing and a privilege to have this gentleman on the show that is basketball coach and basketball analyst Dave Paziak. We're on the broadcast this morning to speak on a lot of different things. The facts of LeBron James's future from here, what our thoughts are on this, the Celtics' future with a healthy Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving moving forward here in the NBA with Golden State. How long can their reign last? The Raptors still not having a coach, and at this point I think Dave and I should put our hats in for coach and assistant and do what we could do with Toronto. And so much more coming up here this morning with somebody, like I said, that we always appreciate and, and are honored to have on the show. Dave, how you doing today? I'm great, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing well, and I want to start with, first and foremost, the NBA Finals, and just your take on on what kind of went down here, and if you, if you expected this at all, if you had the notion that this was going to happen, I mean, we all know that Golden State is a good team, but did you think that they were going to be able to get by LeBron without LeBron getting a single game, even at home? Well, I, you know, going in, I was hopeful that uh, it would be a more competitive series, and I think we were close to getting that. Um, you know, you wonder if the whole, you know, the business that went on in the last minute of game one um, 
may have changed the outlook of the whole series or just delayed the inevitable. You know, we'll never really know. But uh, um, I kind of felt like after, uh, you know, after Cleveland let game one slip away or had it taken away, depending on your perspective, um, you know, I had a I had a feeling that the series could could turn out being really one-sided after that point. Um, you know, Warriors didn't play well in Game 3, and Durant kind of bailed them out again. You know, if Cleveland is able to win that game, maybe we're having a different conversation, too. But, uh, um, you know, at the bottom line is Golden State, you know, is a better team. And um, talent wins out at the end. And Cleveland had the best player, but, you know, Golden State clearly had the better team. So, um, you know, not not that surprised. Um disappointed that it wasn't a more competitive series i want to get in the conversation about you know kind of what's going on with with teams when they have lebron james i had spoken about this a little bit earlier on today's show here on wake up call with dan tortora and we're speaking here with dave paziak the the notion of chris bosh was the guy in toronto he goes and becomes a role player and and then kind of fades off in into the sunset and i know he had some stuff with health Dwayne Wade wins a championship without LeBron. With LeBron, he does well, and then and then following LeBron has kind of been a detrimental to his career. To a lot of these role guys who play with LeBron, you don't really hear a lot of those names again. So the question is, and then Kyrie Irving, just what you can say about uh, you know obviously with Kyrie. He, he was the guy that was untouchable. You can't trade this guy away. And then once LeBron came on to Kyrie's team, it was him or Kyrie, and the Cavaliers chose him. So this this notion of does LeBron make his teammates better or does he just make the team better? And I know that you obviously uh, do a lot of research and, and spend a lot of time speaking on the LeBron conversation. So I wanted to go there with you on, on do you think that maybe he hinders some of these stars around him, or maybe let's their star their star gets a little bit dimmer once they play with him. Well, I think you know he asked a two part question. I think one part is easy to answer. Does he make team better? No question about it. Um, does he make individual players better? I think uh, that depends on your perspective. Um, you know, on the one hand, he's gotten a lot of guys paid. You know, from you know Mozgov and Delavadova, Tristan Thompson. Um, J.R. Smith. I mean, he's he, he's he's gotten a lot of guys paid, and he, he's made a lot of the, uh, that level of player um, more effective and better. And um, you know, Chalmers back when he was in Miami was another guy um, that you know he, those guys probably got to a level and, and got paid in a way that they wouldn't have had they not played with LeBron. Um, for the, the, the high-level player, like the, the elite-level player, um, I think it's more case-by-case. Case. On the one hand, you look at, like, Dwayne Wade, to me, like, he was already kind of on the back, starting to hit the backside of his career, um, you know, when LeBron hit Miami. I think when LeBron first went there, they were both probably at, um, you know, at an extremely high level. But by the time LeBron left, um, you know, Wade was already hitting the backside of his career. So, you know, if anything, uh, LeBron probably helped him and, uh, um, you know, got him a couple extra championships, which, you know, solidifies what was probably already a Hall of Fame career, but it's probably solidified that. Um, you know, Irving, it's an interesting discussion with him. 
Because um, on the one hand, before LeBron came to Cleveland, uh, I mean, Irving, Ir- Ir- Irving still got to prove that that he can be the top dog on a on a elite level or championship level team. You know, I know it was early in his career, but before LeBron went to Cleveland, Cleveland had the worst you know the worst composite record in the league um, during the time Kyrie was there prior to LeBron. Um, you know, so and I mean Boston got to Game Seven of the Conference Finals without him. So you know, Kyrie comes back next year. If Boston doesn't exceed that, and the only way to exceed it is to get to the finals, then you know, then he'll he'll have a little you know some things to answer to. Um, so you know, I mean, Irving reached an elite status plan next to LeBron in Cleveland. Um, you know, we think that. He can be that elite level guard on his own, but uh, you know we haven't seen that yet. So, um, so, so that remains to be seen. Um, a guy like Kevin Love, like he really—I mean, Kevin Love is an All NBA player in Minnesota before you know teaming up with LeBron, and he's a guy who probably sacrificed a lot of his game. And you know, same can be said probably for Bosch in Miami. Um, you know, Bosch had all the health issues lately, unfortunately, which is. Um, you know, curtailed his career, but uh, you know, Love and Bosch are guys that probably um, had to sacrifice a lot of their game. Uh, you know, on the one hand, playing with a guy like LeBron makes it a little easier because they're no longer the you know the, the focal point of the other team defensively. But on the other hand, um, you know, because of the way LeBron dominates a game. You know, those guys, players like that, that, that rely on other people um, to put them in positions to be successful, sometimes they have to give up a little bit of, of, of their game. And, I, you know, I think Love, the longer he's been at Cleveland, has figured it out more and more, um, you know, to where I think he's really, and I think came out on CBS Sports over the weekend where Love said you know, he hopes to play the rest of his career with LeBron. And I think he's he's really gotten to the point where he's he and LeBron have figured out how to um, you know how to play off each other. Um, you know, Bosch kind of got to that point in Miami too. But uh, um, you know, when when you're with a, a guy as talented as LeBron and a guy as ball dominant as LeBron, um, there's going to be a certain amount of of uh, um, you, you're not going to you're not going to have the same numbers, I guess. Um, you know, so are you going to, you know, like for Kyrie, you know, he won the championship, so now he he's looking to be the top dog on the team. So um, it remains to be seen over the next couple of years whether you know how how much of his success at Cleveland was um, as a result of playing with LeBron, and how much of his success in Cleveland was. Um, or how, how much he maybe had to subvert himself playing with LeBron. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And, and that's speaking here with Dave Paziak, uh, the, the head coach of the Linden Hornets in Vermont, as well as a basketball analyst and a voice that we've trusted here on Wake Up Call for almost a decade. Uh, Dave, you know, the LeBron, to kind of go further on this with LeBron, I mean, wherever he goes, he's the guy. I mean, wherever he goes – that's who you have to pass the ball to. If you were playing on a team right now and you were a Kyrie Irving, would you or a Ben Simmons, would you want to 
or Chris Paul or James Harden? Would you want to kind of concede that a little bit? I mean, Kevin Durant, everybody wondered, what was he going to look like? Was he going to get quiet? Was he going to, you know, kind of find his role and find his place? And we've seen that that he is, you know, for every stretch of the imagination, even played better than, than what he did in Oklahoma City, scoring 40-plus and taking over games and giving Steph Curry a break and saying, you know, it doesn't have to just be you. So what can you say about the LeBron side of things? And would you want to be on his team if you were the guy somewhere right now and he said, well, you know, I'm thinking about coming to Philly and you're Ben Simmons, would you would you welcome that? Or would you say, hey, this is going to affect my career, at least in the short term, as far as who I am on this team, but maybe I'll win a championship. How do you kind of look at the dynamic of that? Well, I think guys like, like Simmons and Embiid, I think they, you know, those guys were very young in their career. Um, I think, you know, again, I can't get inside their head or anything, but I think guys in that position, they're real like they would relish the opportunity to play with a guy like LeBron. Like he accelerates their learning curve. Um, you know, because LeBron and he, he he spoke to this last week a couple times during the finals. You know, he's a very cerebral player and is looking for um, situations to play with other guys that really think the game at a high level. And so, you know, I think for a guy like Simmons especially and for a guy like Embiid and Cyrus and some of the other young talent that they have in Philly, I think if they got the opportunity to play with a guy like LeBron, um, that's only going to accelerate their learning curve. And... Um, you know, it, it would be a it would be an interesting dynamic because at some point you figure LeBron has to slow down a little bit. I mean, you think about this: a guy who's had like a 15 year prime, which is unheard of. Um, you know, even even Jordan was really only at his peak for about a you know maybe a you know six eight nine year window. Um, uh, I mean, LeBron's been the dominant player in the league for. 12 or 15 years. Um, so I think for young guys like Simmons and Embiid in a situation in Philly, um, I think they would relish that and it would really um, be uh, an accelerator for their careers and for the team's success. Um, I think Boston is a different dynamic because I think it would be, actually it would be in a way a little bit humorous if, if LeBron ended up in Boston after Kyrie tried to get away from him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you have to think if, if um, you know, if, if LeBron does end up in Boston, you got to think Kyrie's days there are numbered too, because he's getting near to the end of his contract, and you, you know, you got to think that Ainge would be thinking about trying to deal him for assets, and he may, I mean, to make it work, he may have to make that move. Um, you know, so a, a guy like Kyrie, it's a little bit different. Um, you think it, he's just already been there, done that with LeBron, and is at the uh, place in his career where he's. He's looking for an opportunity to lead a team and not be the, um, you know, the sidekick. You know, um, so um, you know, in terms of Paul and Harden, I think Paul especially, he's on the, you know, more towards the backside of his career, and a guy who really, both of those guys. I mean, Harden got to the finals with as a young player um, with Oklahoma City, but you know, since then is a guy who's and even when he was with the Thunder. I mean, Harden's always a guy, and Paul's, you know, been a guy throughout his career. Um, they've had the the rap of um, coming up short in the playoffs and coming up short in the big moments. So, um, you know, I would think those guys, at the point that they're at in their career, um, you know, Paul especially, I think would um, would welcome 
achieve the team success that you know in the postseason it's eluded them to this to to this point in their career and um you know that would add to their legacy um as opposed to um diminishing it so i I think it's case by case um player by player and everything that coming from Dave Paziak and Dave in in continuation of the LeBron discussion. I mean, we know that LeBron is LeBron. We know he could take over games. We know that this, at least in my opinion, was eerily familiar to when he was first in Cleveland and went to the finals and carried a team all the way to the finals and, and got swept in. It was kind of, what else do you want me to do? I'm doing everything I can. But, you know, where do you go from here? If he said, I'm going to stay in Cleveland what do you got to do? I mean, it's Kyle Korver is is inconsistent. Kevin Love has had some obviously some moments, and and maybe more so now than ever has like you said he's he's kind of learned how to do it and play with LeBron, but he's not consistent. And J.R. Smith's all over the place, and and on top of all of that, I mean, we're looking at a team that's you know from Rodney Hood to to Clarkson to Thompson to. J.R. Smith to George Hill to Jeff Green to Corver, he really doesn't have anybody that he can consistently work with and, and lean on and whatnot. So what does the future hold for LeBron, and, and does this make you feel like it did back when LeBron did it the first time around with Cleveland and brought him to the finals and got swept where it was kind of him versus the world? Yeah, I mean, Cleveland's in a really tough spot as a franchise right now. Um you know, they don't have cap room um, to really go out and, and make a. Um, I mean, they would have to get extremely creative and, and you know find some people to take some contracts and um, you know they they just don't have a lot of flexibility as far as things they can do to make huge um, huge improvements in their roster as it stands. You know, on the one hand, people say. Well, you know, if Kyrie would have stayed, um, things have been different. You know, in reality, Kyrie Irving was a one-game difference. You know, he plays last year with, you know, with Cleveland. They lose in five to the Warriors this year. They lose in four without him. So, you know, the the, the net end result was really only a, you know one-game difference. But, uh, um, you know, that said, with their current roster, um, the one asset that they really have that they can potentially move for. Um, and have some interest in an elite level player is that you know they've got like the number eight pick in the draft, um, so they've got a you know fairly high first round draft pick. That's um, a uh, it's a valuable asset that I think some teams may pay pretty significantly for. So um, you know the, the the problem that they have though is that the draft comes around before free agency. So you know for Cleveland to make a move. You know, try to move that draft pick. I, I think, um, or package that draft pick with a with a couple contracts and be able to do some things creatively to, um, you know, to add to that roster and retool that roster to make it, um, you know, one that can not only compete with the Golden States of the world, but hold off the Phillies and the Boston's of the world that are um, going to only get better. Um, so I. I, I they're, they're in a tough spot there. Like if, if LeBron comes out in the next week and said, I'm all in it, you know, I'm, I'm in it for, for better or for worse with Cleveland, um, 
you know, then I think you probably would see them try to move that draft pick, um, unload some contracts, and do whatever they can to, to upgrade now and win now. But the, the flip side of that, um, you know, every every indication is that's not going to happen. And if LeBron um, enters the free agent waters and ultimately ends up going somewhere else, uh, then Cleveland's whole outlook on things that they're going to they're going to end up going into to full rebuild. Then you'll see them um, you'll, you'll see them try to move Kevin Love for ass, assets, draft picks. I mean, you see that. I don't know if it'll be the you know, extent of what Philly did. Um, but I think you know you, you really. I think you'd you'd see them part ways with a lot of the veteran players, move the contracts that they could, um, you know, commit more to you know the Clarksons and the Nances and you know some of the younger guys on the roster, and you know try to retool through um, collecting assets and in the draft and everything. Um, you know, which probably is going to lead to several years of suffering before they get there, kind of like the Sixers did. Um, so, I mean, they're, it's, it's a really it's a tough spot as a franchise. And, you know, the thing that's not talked about is where Tyron Lue would fit into all of that, too. And here's a guy that, I mean, he had health issues this year um, related to the stress of coaching that team. And, um, you know, is he a guy that will would be all in if they go full rebuild too, you know, or is he a guy that is not interested in, um, in, in taking that on? Um, so it, it, it's going to be, I mean, it's a really difficult situation for the Cavaliers to be in, in either direction. You know, if, if LeBron decides early to their best alternative would be LeBron to commit early that he's going to stay in Cleveland and, um, you know he's he's in it for the long haul. Um, that is highly unlikely to happen. So, um, you know, if it goes into free agency and everything, um, and Cleveland's in a tough spot because the, the direction they take um, is 180 degrees opposite, depending on whether LeBron stays or leaves. Speaking here with Dave Paziak, basketball coach and analyst here on Wake Up Call. With Dan Tortora and Dave, I mean, he's crippled them once before, and we're in a place where he would cripple them again, but with not the names that people tend to know. I mean, his last season, the first time around with Cleveland before he took his talents to South Beach, was Daniel Gibson, Danny Green, J.J. Hickson, Zadrunas Elgowskis, Cedric and Darnell Jackson, Antoine Jameson, Kobe Carl, Jamario Moon, Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Parker, Leon Powell, Sebastian Telfair, Anderson Varejao, Delonte West, Jawad Williams, and Mo Williams. So that was the team the last time they went into a rebuild, and we obviously know that Cleveland suffered after he left for that 2010-11 season. This time around, if he walks away, then like you said, you know, you have Kevin Love and you try to maybe shop him, but all they have on the roster is Rodney Hood, who did nothing in the playoffs. Larry Nance, who did almost nothing in the playoffs. Tristan Thompson, who's consistently inconsistent. Clarkson, who did little to nothing. J.R. Smith, who is confused. Zizek, which, you know, is not going to give you a ton of points as your center. Jose Calderon, who is probably toward the end of his career. George Hill, who did some good things. Jeff Green, who did some good things. Kyle Korver, who did some good things but was wildly inconsistent. If he leaves this team high and dry right now... I don't know if they have a roster that would win 35 games. 
So, I mean, if, if you're, if you're Cleveland, I mean, you banked everything on this man, you put, you put all your chips on 23. And if he leaves this time around, I don't know if Cleveland, if, I mean, I don't know if people can say that Cleveland's not going to be in the basement of the East at this point. Well, I don't think their, their roster minus LeBron is, I mean, it's not a great roster now, but it's nowhere near as bad as what, what was there the last time LeBron was in Cleveland. I mean, last time, Last time he was there, I mean, Shaq was shot by that point in his career. Uh, I mean, Mo Williams was their next best player. You know, he's the second best player on the roster. I mean, right now the second best player on the roster is, is Kevin Love, who's been an all-NBA player. And, um, um, you know, and they've got other guys. I mean, Korver was an all-star a few years back. So, I mean, they don't – the roster is not nearly as bad a shape for the here and now – if you remove LeBron from it, as it was during those Cleveland days, but the roster also is not one. You know that's why I think that if LeBron leaves, they go into full rebuild mode because the roster is also not one that's going to compete um, at an NBA level. And, and the worst place to be is like an NBA purgatory, where you know they're a team that's like like a, I think Cleveland probably is. You know, they're probably like, uh, you know, 35 to 43 win team, something like that, if you take LeBron off that roster. Maybe that's that may even be a little optimistic, but and not, not bad enough to be all out in the bottom, um, but not good enough to be much more than maybe try to, like, sneak into the eighth spot in the playoffs, um, but more likely be like in that, you know, 9-10 range just outside the playoffs. Um, you know, so I, if it if it goes in that direction, I, I almost would guarantee that they go into full rebuild and, you know, they cut bait with, like, the, you know, to the extent that they can, you know, they're, they're, they're strapped with a couple contracts. But, you know, you won't see Calderon back. You won't see, I mean, they'll... they'll, they'll you won't see J.R. Smith. You won't see Corver. I don't know if they get anybody to take Thompson's contract, but if they could, he'd be out of there. Um, you know, they'll they'll um, they'll be a, a good market for a guy with love skill set in the NBA today. You know, a, a, a four that can step out and shoot the three and everything. So, I mean, they would get some assets for him, I'm sure. Um, you know, so I I just think that. Um, you know, if, Le- if LeBron leaves, I would not look for Cleveland to be in the uh, in the in the contender conversation for quite a while. And that's, I mean, and we're in agreement on that. That LeBron James not on this team would affect them tremendously to a point where you know, I, and I do, I, I think, I think that they would be in a place where they'd be lucky to make the top eight. And if they made the top eight, kept keeping everything together, they still need pieces to come into this roster. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with more from Dave Paziak on what some good landing spots might be for LeBron James, as well as some of the other big questions that you're yearning to have answered inside of the NBA as we move forward. This is a wake-up call fast break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together at the Upshed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. 
Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DreisigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DreisigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DreisigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Adams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to have you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And on the broadcast right now is Dave Paziak spending some time with me here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, the, ho- the, co- 
You know, you can tell it's a Monday when your mouth doesn't want to work with you. The coach of the Linden Hornets, as well as a basketball analyst, uh, a little tongue-tied here this morning, but nothing that we haven't had before, folks, will make it happen. I only speak for a living. It's not important. So with that being said, Dave and I were discussing LeBron James before the fast break. Dave, forget about where, okay, if he goes here or doesn't go here or this. What makes the most sense to you when you look at the NBA – what places make the most sense, irregardless of maybe what we're hearing? What would make sense? Well, um, Philly makes sense. I think to me it makes sense for the and I'm going to kind of talk in terms of assuming that a team can can make it work within the cap structure, but in which Philly certainly can. They've got cap space to work with, but I mean Philly makes sense because that's a team that took a huge leap forward. Um, you know, has a lot of really young, high-level talent, and a guy like LeBron can maybe help them get to that next level and teach those guys how to win. Um, at the same time, I think a team like Philly makes sense on the LeBron side because they're, you know, he's still, I mean, he's still chasing championships, and I think, uh, you know, he immediately makes them a title contender. And as he gets older. A guy like Ben Simmons can take some of the load and some of the you know some of the primary ball handling load off of his shoulders, um, which I think is is not talked about much. But I think that's something that um, you know LeBron may transition and morph into that um, to extend his career as you know as we go in time over the next few years. So I mean, to me, Philly makes a huge amount of sense. Um, I think one that came out this weekend that from a basketball standpoint makes a huge amount of sense, but I don't know if they can make it work within the structure of the roster and the cap and everything is San Antonio. Um, you know, I, I think uh, between Popovich, the Spurs culture, um, you know, how his game fits within the way San Antonio plays, uh, I think uh, uh, that would be a really intriguing uh, situation. Um, LeBron to the Spurs. I know that wasn't on the, you know, whether how much you can believe Stephen A. Smith about the seven teams that LeBron is going to talk to, but, uh, um, you know, but I, I think from a basketball standpoint, San Antonio would be an intriguing, um, intriguing place for him. Uh, you know, Houston, he become he could potentially become that third wheel with, uh, um, you know, with Paul and Harden. You know, assuming they could, they're going to have to make some decisions, and, and how Houston could make that work without um, giving up too much of the rest of their team is still an open question. But uh, um, you know, they're a team that obviously is close, and a guy like LeBron could potentially take them to the next level. Um, you know, Boston maybe. Uh, you know, we talked about the irony of if you know he ended up back with Kyrie, but I think that.
how does a relatively young coach like Stevens do with a, um, uh, you know, it's one thing Ty, Ty Lu um, ceded a lot of control of what goes on in the court to LeBron. Um, right. You know, that was an issue. I mean, David Blatt's a very accomplished coach, but that was an issue, you know, of, uh, like a little bit of an internal power struggle there. And, you know, there's a guy like Stevens who's, um, you know, how what would that dynamic be? Um, you know, I think the reason I thought San Antonio is a great fit because LeBron and Popovich, if you believe what you read, there's um, like a high level of mutual respect there. Um, you know, because both have achieved at as you know at the highest level for a long period of time. So, um, you know, the ones that are talked about that don't make a lot of sense to me unless. Um, there were multiple parts in play and, and multiple things to move. I mean, you keep hearing of the Lakers and, you know, LeBron to the Lakers or LeBron and Paul George to the Lakers. Like, to me, LeBron and Paul George to the Lakers, that team still is, is um, I mean, he's not going into anything any better than what he's leaving in Cleveland, to be honest with you, right. in, in my opinion. I agree. Um, you know, the Knicks, I mean, that makes no sense to me um, from a LeBron standpoint. You know, from a, from the team standpoint, I think any team in the NBA, there's 30 teams, and I think 30 teams would benefit from having LeBron James on their roster. But uh, um, from a LeBron standpoint, I mean, that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, you know, Miami was listed in there. That's another one that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, plus, I think um, Pat Riley was a little chafed when LeBron left the last time, so... Um, how that whole thing would play out remains to be seen, but uh, I don't know. Like to me, the ones from a basketball standpoint, uh, the San Antonio, obviously Philly, um, and maybe Houston. Those make the most sense. There was a thing out there this weekend. Um, again, there's tons of stuff out there, so you don't know what's true and what's just people talking. Um, there was something out there this weekend where LeBron and Durant may have a conversation about the two of them going somewhere. Um, you know, because uh, Durant's going to get paid this year. You know, he's played at a discount. And, um, he says he wants, you know, wants to stay at Golden State and everything, but, I mean, he's going to get paid. So, um, I mean, I don't see any practical scenario where he and LeBron team up and go somewhere, but, I mean, if something like that were to happen, that would, like, reset the whole landscape of the NBA. Yeah, you know, and, and we're looking at this, that LeBron, you know, has this opportunity to move forward and, like you said, is still chasing championships and still chasing opportunities and whatnot. So, you know, wherever he ends up, it's going to shake some things up and depending on who wants to leave and go play with him, obviously could shake some things up as well. Before we let you go, speaking here with Dave Paziak, basketball coach and analyst. Uh, Dave, I want to get to a couple of the other pieces of the conversation that we were going to discuss today. One of those being the Celtics and just who they are moving forward. I mean, they were nine points away from going to the NBA Finals for the first time in a long time, and they did it without Gordon Hayward and did it without Kyrie Irving. And I would venture to say that Kyrie and Gordon could have teamed up to score at least nine points combined. So as we move forward, let's say the Celtics are healthy and they're making it happen next year. 
I said at the end of last season, the end of the other NBA Finals, I said, in my opinion, the best team within the next two years to oust Cleveland is Boston. They almost did it without arguably their top two guys, at least on paper. What do you think is the future for Boston? Are they the new team to beat in the East, say LeBron leaves? Well, I think it's it's a two-horse race. and I mean, again, a lot of things can change. I mean, I remember back when the Thunder were in the finals and everybody thought that was the team that was going to be right there with, you know, with Durant and Westbrook and Harden. Then um, that kind of came apart. Um, so, I mean, things can change. But, uh, like, uh, it, it looks like it doesn't take a genius to, to figure out that. I think it's, a you know, Boston and Philly, I think, are the two teams that are, um, you know, primed to – uh, be the dominant franchises in the East in the next, you know, five or eight or ten years, um, if if they both stay the course. But uh, um, Boston's going to have some interesting decisions franchise-wise, though, about what direction they're going to go in because, um, you know, the hidden benefit that they got with not having Hayward and not having Irving this year, um, kind of the long-term benefit is uh, guys like Jalen Brown and, and Tatum and um, you know, Rozier to an extent, Marcus Smart to, I mean, those guys assume bigger roles and grew as players. And, um, you know, so how are you going to fit Irving and Hayward into that mix and who's going to take a step back? And then, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to keep all those guys, um, long term. I mean, Irving comes up for free agency in another year and everything. Um, you know, they're going to have to make some decisions about, you know, Rozier and Marcus Smart. And, um, you know, do they try to take uh, an asset, you know, maybe a Jalen Brown or somebody like that and try to try to move him for uh, or package him and, and go after a guy like an Anthony Davis or something like, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, the, 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 the more dominant front court player that they um, that they maybe could use. So I think I mean, Ainge has done a great job of, of assembling that talent, assembling the right talent. Um, you know, as an organization, he and Stevens and, and, and the whole team seem to be um, on the same wave, wavelength. So, um, so I think that you know they have they've got some decisions to make about um, you know how to how to grow that franchise and you know Ainge traditionally has been um a little bit slow on the trigger you know he's, he's compiled assets and, and hesitant to pull the trigger on trades but then um you know then he did make the big move with the Kyrie Irving acquisition and um you know the Hayward signing and everything so um you know and how all those things fit together say they stay intact and um you know, they're not going to be able to stay intact for more than a year, but say they stay intact and Irving and Hayward are healthy. And, you know, what does that do to um, the team dynamic when, um, you know, Tatum and Brown now have to maybe take a step back from the role that they played in their, you know, in their success and get into the Eastern Finals this year. So, um, you know, some unknowns, a promise, really, really promising um, outlook for Boston, but you know, a lot of a lot of questions to be answered the next year or two, also. Yeah, you know, and that's what it really comes down to is as these guys get better, as they improve, when guys get injured and other guys step up, now all of a sudden you got to pay them more money, but you're still paying big money to the people that are coming back. And how does it all gel together on a team? 
is the ultimate question on how likely you are to move forward. Speaking of gelling, really quick here, Dave, Golden State's place in the NBA here and moving forward. I didn't have any doubt in my mind that whether it was Boston or Cleveland that Golden State was going to take care of business in the NBA Finals for the most part. I had them doing it in five games. (laughs) They did it in four and had a clean sweep over one of the greatest players ever in the history of the NBA. Where's Golden State as as we move on? Say Kevin Durant stays. I mean, they won without him. They're winning with him. But this team has found a way to stay together. And with Kevin Durant the last couple years, they found a way to stay together. So if this team continues moving forward and everything is good inside of the household of Golden State, does anybody stand a chance? Well, you know, on the surface, it looks like it'd be difficult. But I think... um you know, stuff has a way of happening. If you read, like, Pat Riley's book back when he was in the Lakers, he used to talk about the disease of me. And, you know, once you achieve team goals and, you know, when does, I mean, Cleveland saw this with Kyrie, you know. Um, you know, now Kyrie needed to get his and needed to be the guy. And, you know, Durant has, has paid, uh, you know, has has played at a discount and I mean the, the, the time's coming where they're going to have to decide if they're going to pay Clay Thompson or, or, or Draymond Green um, you know those guys are, are relatively cheap pieces at this point in their career um, you know so there's a lot of that kind of stuff and I mean Kerr speaks to it a little bit about how you know they weren't listening to him and uh, you know they kind of get a little complacent and you saw that this year with that team more so than um, you know, than in previous years. Um, and it's, it's even though they're such a high-level team, remember, they're trailing Houston without Chris Paul in Game 6 and again in Game 7, or they're not even, you know, they're, they're in a whole different conversation now. Um, and, you know, you talk about they won, you know, with Durant, they won before they had Durant. Well, I mean, but for injuries to Love and Irving, you know, maybe they have no championships without Durant, you know. Um, so there's a lot of things that can disrupt the apple cart. I think if Golden State can kind of maintain their maintain their core and maintain their culture and everybody stays content in, you know, the situation that they're in and the role that they're in, then, you know, they've got a lot of guys that are just hitting the peak of their career. And, um, really, Iguodala is the only guy that's kind of on the backside of his career. Um, you know, the other four guys in the starting lineup, uh, you know, he, there's, you know, if injuries don't get in the way, there's no reason to, um, no reason to think that they can't continue it at, at a very high level for several years to come. So, um, you know, it'll take, uh, I think, to dethrone them. I think the rest of the league is catching up a little bit. You saw that with, you know, with 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 Houston, I mean, um, but it's going to take a special team, I think, um, you know, a special team with a, you know, with a great, um, core and it might take like three guys teaming up, um, and, and putting pieces around them. But, um, my gut feeling is that when golden, when golden state, um, falls from the peak, my gut feeling is that it could, it could, crumble from within as much as from another some other team other organization uh, reaching their level I just knowing 
they've had the success as a team and um, you know guys tend to start to you know okay we wanted you know we got what we wanted as a team now I'm going to get mine um, my gut feeling is when they slip it's going to be because some of that stuff creeps in that comment from Dave Paziak. Dave Paziak, really quick here before we let you go. Raptors coach, they have no plan. I guess maybe they're they're hoping that Lou will be available, but they're sitting here today. Fans have been writing about it on social media. They're asking questions. Why did we fire our coach if we have no idea what the heck we're doing? It doesn't look like there was anybody set in place. It doesn't look like there was any plan moving forward. For some reason, Dwayne Casey wasn't the guy. He ruffled some feathers. Who knows? But we stand here today with the Toronto Raptors fans saying, are we going to have a coach next year? What are your thoughts? Well, it might be Dan Tortora. I don't know. but uh, That's right. Um, but we talked about this back when they when they fired Casey. Is, I mean, if you're going to fire a guy like that that just took your team to the best record in the Eastern Conference and you know has, has gotten them to a pretty high level uh, from where they started off when he was hired. If you're going to let him go, you better have something in place. Um, you, I mean, you better know who, what move you're going to make and who you're going to replace him with. And, you know, it's it, either they had, you know, it's one of two things. Either they were hanging their hat on like Budenholzer and they thought that was the guy and then he ended up going elsewhere um, or they really had no plan. And, and in either case, um, you know, I think it doesn't it doesn't reflect well on New Jersey and on, on their management. And um, you know, I think that uh, if that team slips uh, next year, which I think there's between Philly and Boston continuing to get better, and some of the you know kind of the aftermath of, of letting Casey go and the aftermath of how they lost this year, I think there's a good chance they will slip. Um, I think you're going to see a, uh, you know, you probably see a, you know, cleaning house in the front office there, because um, they, I mean, you, you can't bungle it worse than they have, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, they're they've just, um, you know, be careful what you wish for, because I mean, it, you know, they didn't want Casey there, and now there's there seems to be no direction at this point. You got a coach up for coach of the year. And you've never won as many games as you did at home, never won as many as games as you did overall, never been the number one seed. And because you can't beat LeBron James, which a lot of people have not been able to, you fire him. That's that's where Toronto's sitting right now. And I asked fans, I said, how many of you are willing to do a 180 here and beg for him to come back? And a lot of fans were saying, Dan, I'd love to do that. So at this point, do you just call him back and say, hey, we got our tail between our legs I know that we're going to have to pay a little more money or whatever we got to do, but it's just funny to me how the Dallas Cowboys get rid of Des Bryant and they need a wide receiver, and then the Raptors get rid of Dwayne Casey and they need a coach who's capable of being coach of the year. So it's well, I mean, you need to make – like you contrast it to like – I mean, Golden State reached a certain level with Mark Jackson and um, – you know, they made the decision that that they couldn't that 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 was as far as they were going to go with him, and you know they made the right hire, and obviously you know Kerr has been the right guy to take them to that um, elite level, uh, and you know Toronto it doesn't appear has a plan in place to do do something similar, uh, similar you know. 
And that's the confusion of it all, is you had the guy, you lost the guy. Who are you going to get now? But hopefully they're interviewing people. Hopefully they remember that they have to have a coach in place. And coming up in July, a month from now, they're playing in Summer League and trying to put their roster together. So hopefully they'll have a coach that's going to be a part of that at that point. With that being said, Dave Paziak here for the Linden Hornets uh, basketball coach in Vermont, as well as a great analyst of the game. And I always appreciate having him on the show. Dave, as always, thank you for your time. Oh, you're welcome, Dan. It was great to talk to you, as always. All right, I'll talk with you soon. Talk to you soon, later. Bye. That coming from Dave Paziak one more time. Crazy questions here in the NBA, folks. What do we do? What is going on? How is this happening? First, I mean, how, 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 how now, brown cow? But uh, really, though, how have we gotten to a place with the Toronto Raptors being a team that was the number one seed in the East? Having to go through LeBron James, which a lot of people struggle to do, and Boston struggled to do it, Indiana struggled to do it, teams of old have struggled to do it, and you say goodbye to your coach with no plan, no assistant coach, no G League coach, no coach from overseas, no coach you've been talking to for a while, nobody that you brought in, no plan. There looks to be absolutely no plan. Unless they know something that none of us know, and unless they are just trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes, including their own fans who need to buy season tickets for next year, then what the truth is is that this is a nuts situation. This is a crazy situation. How are you supposed to get ready for Summer League? How are you supposed to make roster decisions? And how the hell are you supposed to sell tickets when you don't have a leader? It's become a joke. It's become a laughing stock. And just as quickly as Toronto rose to the top of the East for the first time ever, do they fall back to being a team that people are laughing at from the outside looking in? Get a coach. Find somebody. And you know what, Dave? I'll make it work. I'll broadcast and I'll coach. It's not a conflict of interest. We'll make it happen. We'll be back after this fast break to wrap up today's show. This is a wake-up call fast break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together at the F-Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. 
their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this, Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company, call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. For one day only, Sunday, August... For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope everybody's enjoying their day, enjoying their time, enjoying their Monday. Don't let Monday fool you, folks. They're not a bad day, okay? Don't let Monday make you sad, down, and depressed. It's a day that God woke you up, said good morning, And wanted you to go out there and have some fun. So enjoy your life. Make the most of it. And don't ever disrespect any of the days of the week. Including Monday. Because it's not a bad day. It is what you make of it. That's what life is. Life is what you make of it. So make something special today. Be good to a total stranger. Love each other. And have fun. With that being said, coming up this week, we got a lot of awesome things that are going to be happening here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We'll be with you Tuesday, June 12th, which is tomorrow, exactly two months before we unveil the CNY Pop Festival to Syracuse, New York for the first time ever. Buy your tickets now. I cannot state this enough. Once the VIPs are gone, they're gone, and the pre-sale tickets are a better price than what you're going to be paying at the door, folks. So if you want to save a few save a few bucks, save some cash, buy your tickets now, cnypopfestival.com. That's cnypopfestival.com. Buy your tickets now. Don't waste a moment and make sure that you get your tickets, the ones that you want, while they're available. So go on to cnypopfestival.com and buy your tickets. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we have the ingredients to success, as we always do. Proudly brought to you by Utica Pete's Company and It's a Utica Thing. We'll also have plenty of conversation coming up here, some thoughts and and some interviews that are going to drop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram during the day today. So do not, do not be one of those people that's not liking and following our pages because I want you to know what's going on before it happens. Go to at WakeUpCallDT on Facebook, Twitter at CallDT, and Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. We'll be letting you know who's coming on the show tomorrow during the day. Today, we can't wait to speak with you and have some fun with the show tomorrow and, of course, with the ingredients to success. And then on Wednesday, because the World Cup, believe it or not, folks, begins on June 14th, which is this coming Thursday, Every single Wednesday leading up to the World Cup, we are leading up to and into the World Cup. So as the World Cup is going on, every single Wednesday from this week forward, 
we are having a World Cup takeover called World Cup Wednesday. World Cup Wednesday. Every Wednesday, my intern's going to be coming in here into the Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora Studios. So Zach Bowden's going to be joining me here. He played soccer. This is a sport that has been very well connected to his life, and he's very well connected to the game. So he will join me every Wednesday from here forward during the World Cup for World Cup Wednesday. And him and I will talk from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on teams, players, matchups, and so much and so much going on here. So if you know absolutely nothing about the World Cup, you know nothing about the teams, nothing about the players, that's okay. Nothing about the teams that didn't make it that should surprise you. That's totally fine because what we're going to do is we are going to have a conversation about all of those things this week as a nice prelude to the World Cup. So World Cup Wednesdays, folks, get ready for those starting this week with Zach Bowden and myself, Dan Satora. Can't wait to have you there, and thank you so much for your support and your love. Make sure that you're connecting with us on our social media to find out who the guests are coming up tomorrow. And on top of all of that, one final time, make sure to buy your tickets for the CNY Pop Festival. You don't want to miss this event, folks. We are going to be featuring the Decades of Bayheim players from every single decade of Jim Beheim's time at Syracuse on top of having Syracuse football players there, including Robert Drummond, who went undefeated back in 1987. And we're going to be having, on the entertainment pop side of it, we will have Cousin It as well as actors and actresses from The Flash, from Power Rangers, from Star Wars, and so on and so forth. And we will be featuring some amazing interactive things for families. And on top of all of that, we're going to have phenomenal local vendors to support Central New York and make sure you're buying local. And we're going to have great food trucks that are going to be supplying food for you to buy something that is not your typical convention food, so to speak. We're going to feed you very well here, so make sure that you bring a few extra bucks to get that awesome food that we're going to be providing. So... Definitely buy your tickets now, cnypopfestival.com. Love y'all, appreciate y'all, and I can't wait to talk with you tomorrow. Have yourselves a phenomenal day, and make sure you're back here on Wake Up Call every Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time by becoming a member, because when you become a member, we shoot you an email. All you got to do is open the email and listen, mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Become a member there and buy your CNY Pop Festival tickets on cnypopfestival.com. Thank you to Dave Paziak and Kevin Belby. God bless y'all, and I'll talk to you soon.